Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another thrilling and very thought-provoking Thursday, friends, for Torch Report 305. 305, what's wrong? You're not shocked? We're going to be looking at the disturbing science and of coercive political persuasion. It is, in fact, shocking, friends. And I've, I've, I've seen the word shock cropping up in various forms uh, lately, you know, throughout the week, last couple of weeks. And today I want to explore some fairly shocking implications of being shocked constantly and perpetually by, by all kinds of uh, crazy things coming at us from all kinds of crazy angles. But First, let's go ahead and take a brief foray into a few totally unrelated and completely random headlines. Up first, a man's shock at losing 100 friends in the Turkey earthquake. Next, sticker shock for Californians as natural gas bills soar to nearly $1,000 per month. Next, column, U.S. manufacturers flounder amidst cost of living shock. And then markets may may be in for an enormous shock as the feds continue to kick up interest rates to a 40-year high to fight inflation. Next, I was in shock, says the mom who discovered that her daycare director was giving her kids melatonin. Meanwhile, Michigan State University shooting leaves three dead, five injured, and the campus is in shock. And then man accused of sexually assaulting woman chained with a shock collar in a basement is going to get what's coming to him. <laughs> I hope I hope that guy gets strapped out of shock to death. Now, friends, uh, no doubt you would be shocked if 100 people you knew died in a terrible natural disaster or if you suddenly uh, received a thousand dollar utility bill from the gas company, right? That would be shocking. I'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. Come on. We wouldn't expect it. Similarly, I think probably any parent would be shocked to learn that the nanny was slipping their children pills to change the pigment of their skin. That is shocking. It's outrageous. What the hell's going? What are you doing? You know? And of course, uh, there would be uh, no sense in trying to deny the shock of a senseless campus shooting or the shock of sheer evil, sheer evil whenever it crops up in the headlines. Friends, you know, I, I I put that last headline in there about the man being accused of sexually assaulting a woman, putting her uh, in a shock collar in the basement. I put that out there because it's out there. There is evil in the world. And we have to come face to face with the fact that there are evil people who are doing evil things every damn day. And while there are, you know, sick and twisted bastards like that, there, there are those who are uh, – you know, more keen to be cunning and sly in their seductive predatory practices as they try to prey upon the unsuspecting masses. And that's what we're going to be getting into today. So, you know, you think about all of these headlines and how shocking that information is, but what if it never cropped up? What if you never heard about somebody losing 100 friends or 40-year high inflation and all that? What if, what if you never heard about the earthquake, the gas bills, the kitty pills, the campus shooting or the sexual assault? Then what? Well, then you wouldn't be shocked. That's for sure, right? You wouldn't have that information, so it wouldn't really have much impact on you. And in a similar vein, is it true? Isn't it true that as the cost of living continues to slowly creep up, up and away, you know, way beyond 40 years highs, somehow that feels a little bit less shocking? 
then, you know, then, uh, you know, say losing a hundred people in an earthquake or a thousand dollar utility bill. Okay. Be because it didn't happen all at once. It's been kind of gradual and slow, right? We've been kind of conditioned to accept this inflation incrementally. It's transitory inflation, all that kind of stuff. And while, you know, the techs, techs, I'm sorry, tech sector has shed tens of thousands of jobs while manufacturers are floundering, you know, all this, even these events, they, you know, they don't probably present much immediate threat to you or unless you're, it's your job on the line. And that means that that news is not so shocking. So what, right? I mean, so what if people are getting laid off, uh, manufacturing is struggling, we're at 40-year highs, inflation, the economy is going to collapse. So what, you know? Let me ask you this, friends. I did, I, I put a little chart in here. What do you make of this shocking chart? Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com, thetorchreport.com. Uh, check out Torch Report 305 to see this shocking chart that says the it has the question, global war on the horizon question. And it says the share of experts that say there is a significant risk. Current geopolitical tensions will have the following consequences are huge. You know, 95% believe that, you know, we're going to have geopolitical conflicts, uh, you know, spread around the globe. It's going to threaten national food supplies and energy supplies. It's going to lead to global war. So evidently, you know, based on this survey of 4,449 experts in 58 different countries, the experts believe that the current situation could lead to global war and famine and energy crises and an economic collapse. How shocking. Gosh, you know, I, uh, it, it's almost as shocking as artificial intelligence repeatedly proving that it's, uh, you know, it has a woke liberal bias or or the or the fact that elections have been hacked by domestic terrorists or or that mainstream outlets are blaming the skyrocketing deaths of young healthy healthy people on on anti-maskers and unvaxxed i mean isn't it <laughs> wow you know i'm plugging those headlines in there because they're out there and i i would like to be able to just go off on them the ai with the woke liberal bias uh, you know, the fact our elections have been hacked by domestic terrorists, you wouldn't believe who those terrorists are, not the least of which our own deep state in cahoots with uh, social media giants or, you know, the mainstream outlets out there blaming all the, you know, skyrocketing deaths and young, healthy people. They're blaming it on anti-maskers and unvaxxed. Now, and again, it goes on. There's more, you know, the FBI is collecting fingerprints on unvaxxed teachers. You know, teachers who refuse to get the jab, they lost their job. The FBI is taking their fingerprints on the way out the door. Like, well, we're going to track you down, you know. How about the fact that the uh, the director of the CDC is once again doubling down on the mask insanity, claiming uh, the advice on child masking will never change. Direct quote, you know. That lady's freaking nuts. But is any of this really shocking anymore? Are you shocked to learn that the, the vast majority of experts in 58 countries think that the world's headed for global war, famine, and energy crisis and such? No. Friends, I, you know, for me, it's not shocking anymore. I am not shocked. <laughs> and the truth is, I, you know, I, I, I doubt that you're shocked either. And here's the thing. That's a problem. That's a problem. The fact that we're not shocked by this anymore, that's the problem. If, if enough people were actually shocked by the continuous, ongoing, well-documented and irrefutable election fraud that has been plaguing our nation for years, then, then there might be enough people willing to get off their asses and do something about it. Perhaps demanding a new set of elections like uh, what's happening over in Germany right now. 
But instead, no, we get this, you know, we get, oh, it's the, it's the indictment watch, you know, uh, Trump's grand jury recommends perjury, you know, uh, you know, the Don's desperate election meddling and, and criminal charges remain sealed. And come on, you know, people are too distracted by the political circus to band together and make a stand against the fraud. Similarly, if enough people were actually shocked by the continuous, ongoing, well-documented and undeniable assault on our children that has been damaging American youth for generations, then, then there might be enough willing people willing to get off their ass and do something about it, right? They, perhaps they might sue the school districts over their perverted commie curriculum. And of course, it's happening in some places right now. But for the most part, if you were to look at society as a whole, you get Forbes magazine out there saying, oh, look, you know, uh, drag queen story hours become a right wing target. You know, meanwhile, MSN, they say arrests after a far right protest erupts outside a drag queen's children event. It's a children's event. We got to arrest these far right extremists for protesting against the perversion. Meanwhile, the BBC is out there saying history's most incredible drag queens and ki kings are amazing. In essence, friends, rather than public outcry and an instinctual urge to protect American children, these predators are being exalted in the media. And anyone who protests such grotesque perversion is being labeled and demeaned as a far-right extremist who deserves to be arrested and detained for collective reprogramming. Lest we forget, friends, you know, the, the, the leader of the Democrat. Uh, the leaders of the Democrat National Committee, etc., you know, they've already called for the re-education and deprogramming of conservatives, of these vast right-wing uh, <laughs> vast right-wing conspiracy uh, extremists, you know, Trump voters, MAGA types and all that. Do you think they're joking? Of course they're not joking. They're dead serious, friends. But again, none of this probably comes as a surprise to you. It's probably not shocking to you anymore. But here's the thing. It should be shocking. <laughs> you know, it should be shocking that you have leaders from the Democrat National Committee out there saying we need to, you know, we need to re-educate and deprogram people. That should be shocking. Hello. You know, the worst parts of history repeating itself and such. And on that point, uh, yesterday I came across a fascinating book about mind control. And that book was published in 1956. It was written by a man with impeccable credentials. The author of the book, his name was Juiced Merlu, so Dr. Merlu, and the title of the book was Rape of the Mind. Now, from the cover of the book, I'm just going to read this little excerpt here. The Rape of the Mind explores the psychology of thought control, menticide, and brainwashing. Published in 1956 and written by Juiced Merlu, M.D., who was an instructor in psychiatry at Columbia University. He was a lecturer in social psychology at the New School for Social Research. He was former chief in the PSYOPs, the Psychological War Department of the Netherlands Forces. What I want to get at here is can we agree that this is a credible source on the subject of psychological warfare, on thought control, brainwashing, and menticide? You think about uh, suicide or homicide, okay? It, it, Menticide is, is mental death. Okay? It's the killing of the mind. And that's really what he's getting at here with the brainwashing um, and, and the thought control. So obviously, I came across this yesterday. A friend had shared a podcast and I'd listened to it. I was like, oh, and the guy had referenced this book. And I thought, I got to check it out. And it's because it's uh, an older book, you can actually get it on the archives for free. So you can get it and you can download it and check it out. You should. 
Uh, obviously, I wasn't able to absorb all 241 pages of this masterpiece in a single sitting. But the more I poured through the pages, friends, the more the words of Mr. Merlou, the Dr. Merlou, they rang true. And I was repeatedly shocked by what I was learning. Consider the premise here. Quote from Rape of the Mind. Quote, can man resist a government bent on conditioning him? What can the individual do to protect his mental integrity against the power of a forceful collectivity? Is it possible to do away with every vestige of inner resistance? End quote. Friends, <laughs> warning, you know, the scientific answer here is really quite disturbing. He's, he's looking at you know, prisoners of war, he's looking at the psychological war for the communist revolutions that were going all uh, going on all around the world during the 20th century. And according to Merleau, who was quoting a French philosopher from the 18th century, you know, he, so back in the 1700s, you know, there was the French philosopher sums it all up and he says this, a man is like a rabbit. You can catch him by the ears. Wow. Now, think about that. A man is like a rabbit. You can catch him by the ears. This is, you know, a, a, a maxim that's been around for a long time. But when they were studying it, you know, the 200 years from the 18th century to the, to the 20th century, we get uh, Dr. Merlou and others out there. They're studying psychological warfare and they're validating this reality that what we hear is what catches our attention. And, and that's predictable human behavior. In, in Rape of the Mind, you know, much attention is given to the various methods of Stalin and Mao and Hitler and others who were using this maxim to advance their evil agenda. The science of this brainwashing uh, is presented in passage like this. I want to share this a little bit here and we'll break it down. Quote from Rape of the Mind. Speech manifestations represent conditioned reflex functions on the human brain. In a simpler way, we may say, he who dictates and formulates the words and phrases we use, he who is master of the press and radio is master of the mind, period, end quote. Now, obviously, we can intuitively understand why it works this way. But it's the science behind all of this that really allows evil tyrants to forcefully brainwash the masses without them even knowing it. Get this, and I quote, political conditioning should not be confused with training or persuasion or even indoctrination. It is more than that, okay? Political conditioning is more than training or persuasion or indoctrination. It's more than that. He goes on. It is tampering. Political conditioning is taking possession from both the simplest and the most complicated nervous patterns of man. Political conditioning is the battle for the possession of the nerve cells, period, end quote. Translated, my friends, political conditioning allows the government to take possession of your brain, literally at the synaptic cellular level. Now, that is some shocking information, is it not? You know, isn't it shocking to realize that the scientists have realized for nearly 100 years that political conditioning actually takes possession of the nerve cells in your brain? Ah, mic drop. <laughs> you know, like, set with that one. Go tell somebody about it. Hey, did you know that the government, uh, I'm sorry, political conditioning means that they can, you know, ca capture possession of the nerve cells in your brain? It allows the government to take possession of your brain. You know, wow, zoiks, you know, continuing on. And I quote, 
It is coercion it in, and enforced conversion. Instead of conditioning man to an unbiased facing of reality, the seducer conditions him to catchwords, verbal stereotypes, slogans, formulas, and symbols, end quote. Okay, you know, coercion, forced conversion, seductive slogans, symbols, and stereotypes. Are we not immersed in this constant bombardment of psychological stimulation? According to the book, even the soldiers who are trained in what they call perceptual defense, I mean, they learn, like, you, you know, you got to be able to uh, defend yourself against psychological attack. Even a soldier trained in perceptual defense would eventually be worn down by the endless repetition and constant sloganizing. So when we're immersed in it like this, this ultimately culminates in, and a direct quote, it culminates in unconscious taming and conditioning. Unconscious taming and conditioning. Friends, uh, the fact that Dr. Merlou chose to emphasize those words, in the book he actually capitalized the words unconscious taming. And it really struck me as a dire warning. <laughs> you see, it happens even when you're not aware of the conditioning. Even if you reject the conditioning, even if you resist the conditioning, even if you are trained in perceptual defense, you can still succumb to unconscious taming and conditioning. And it begs the question to me, friends, it begs the question, how many people now suffer from this unconscious taming? Could that ultimately account for such a high degree of apathy and political complacency? Could this explain scientifically why so many people have simply accepted the, you know, the insanity of it all? They've accepted the political corruption, you know, the, the fraudulent elections on and on and on, you know, could that explain it? And if so, what does this mean for the future of humanity? Heavy, heavy implications here, friends. Reading from Rape of the Mind, quote, the ideal of the totalitarian psychology, the ideal of totalitarian psychology, on the other hand, is to tame men, to make them willing tools in the hands of their leaders. Like training, taming has the purpose of making actions automatic. Unlike training, it does not require the conscious participation of the learner. No longer are there any brains, only conditioned patterns and educated muscles, period, end quote. Every time you think about useful idiots and the, you know, the hordes of ignorant masses, think about the fact that there are no longer any brains. They, they don't, it's been hijacked, meant to side. Their mind is gone. It's been consumed by the collective. So it should sound familiar. Just look around. And in the 1950s, clinical psychologists like Juice Merlu were trying to warn us. And he says this warning, and then, you know, it is now technically possible to bring the human mind into a condition of enslavement and submission. No shit, Sherlock, but we now know scientifically they can do it. Continuing on, now we are beginning to see ever more clearly how the totalitarians use menticide deliberately, openly, unabashedly, unashamedly as part of their official policy as means of consolidating and maintaining their power. They influence the mind so slowly and indirectly that we may not even realize what they have done to us. Period, end quote. My friends, my friends, what have they done to us? 
What have they done to us? We, the American people. What have they done? Is this collective mental rape not shocking enough? Shouldn't we sound the alarm? My friends, you know, we got to be talking about this. Hello, hello, hello. You know, menticide, they're attacking, mental attack. They're taking over the, the country, but they're taking over people's minds. They're, they're actually taking over the neural circuitry of people's brains. Holy shnikes. But friends, as shocking as it is, we must not be paralyzed by this truth. Instead, be motivated to fight free from all forms of mental bondage and be determined to help others do the same. Take these words to heart here. Just a last little clip from the book here. Uh, he says this, in the end, human rebellion and dissent cannot be suppressed. They await only one breath of freedom in order to awake once more. End quote, therefore, resist we must. <laughs> oh, friends, that is the message of my heart for today. Resistance is the spice of life. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know, friends. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh-huh.